Hello everyone, this is Will from Beijing, China, and welcome to our brand new episode of The Missing Piece. In the early 60s, the United States was dominated by several major political and business tycoons. One name stood out. If you live through the tumultuous period, you should be familiar with the name Camelot. It was the perfect description for the Kennedy era. Most of us could agree that people who were born with the silver spoons in their mouths should end up being the champions of the world, at least rake some benefits. Meanwhile, not everyone was fortunate enough to be like the Kennedys. Viraku was born in China and raised in Hong Kong. She was an Asian American who immigrated to the United States at the age of 12. She didn't know a word of English nor had any background in athletics. Today, she's a very successful businesswoman and one of the world's most accomplished action pistol shooters. She retired from competitive shooting in 2018 at the age of 71. Now, she joined us via Skype and we talk about her second book, Wisdom and Things, who shares the lesson she learned from a sport and details the hardship she faced as an athlete, a wife, and a mother. Vera, welcome to my show. Hi, Rafay. I'm happy to be here and thank you for having me. Well, let's talk about your journey. You came to America when you were 12 years old and you've been living through the decades in the country before talking about your book i want to ask you so today we've been talking about the younger generations and we talk about the people who all want to be successful but most of them are so afraid of failures and hardships can you tell us a little bit, why do you think that people today are so afraid of failures or obstacles compared with what you started at the age of 12? Well, talking about the young people who are afraid to, to face the future, they feel it is going to be horrible for them. I, I don't blame them. The society has changed so much. It has become so complex. But... Maybe most or some of the young people that you mentioned have been accustomed to living in a very comfortable environment, well supported and well provided for. So they haven't experienced hardships in their life, or not much anyway. And that's why they're afraid. They don't know how hard it's going to be because from what they heard from, uh, from the internet, uh, their parents and their friends, they heard the world is very cruel and very difficult to, uh, to cope with. But in reality, life is the same for everyone. Mm. We all have our share on our plate. So some bitter, some sweet, some sour, some just awful, but some heavenly happiness also is on plate. Mm. When it comes, which portion comes first and which portion comes later, it depends on the individual. It's fate. You know, the Chinese would call it me. Mm. So, and, and worrying and spending the kind of energy to worry about things that hasn't happened to you is a waste of energy. You can invest that 
energy in better places. Like thinking about what is it that you want to do with your life? Well, where is it that you're supposed to be, you know, next week, uh, the month after? You look at the steps right in front of you and you walk forward. It's so important. It's always moving forward. Because if you are afraid, you're frozen in one spot and you cannot move forward and you're doing nothing to help yourself. So in a way, you harm yourself by doing nothing. For young people, you know, if they're in college, they're thinking about, they should be thinking about finishing college, thinking about the major they, they're going to have on their degree, thinking about, you know, how they're going to find a job, should they go out for internship. But sitting there, just being afraid and doing nothing is a waste of time you get even more afraid. Mm. So take the first step, go out. Or, you know, if you're studying, study well, listen, keep your ears open, keep your eyes open. There's a lot of information out there, but you have to see it. You have to be able to hear it. Some people are born with the ability that they're able to hear because the message is just like, you know, we, we do uh, seeking information from the internet. The information is in the air, but you have to, you have to look, you have to observe, you have to see, you know, hey, that person is very successful. And you think about what makes that person successful? Is this his uh, study habits? Is it because his um, EQ is really good? Mm. You know, that's how they uh, um, treat other people. Um, his personality, his character. So it just it's important to go forward. Being afraid, staying in one place, does nothing for you. Mm. And, you know, there's so much possibilities in this world. And if you just put one, you know, if you want to do something, go try it. Mm. You put one foot in front of another and you go forward. When you try, it is possible that you may fail, but failure is nothing. It's okay. It's the mother of all success. We mm. all hear about that one, right? Definitely. I'm sure you heard about that one. Mm. So, you know, don't be afraid of failures because as a successful um, competitive shooter myself, I fell on my face I don't know how many times <laughs> and sometimes it's in front of the audience mm. for, my, for my performance in my shooting match. And, and I remember throwing my, I just look up to the sky and I say, okay, God, if this is where you want me to be, flat on my face in front of all these people, mm. uh, being totally humiliated, totally embarrassed, it's okay. I can take this. I'm coming back next year. I'm going to do better. Mm. All right. That, that, is, that is the, you know, you have to be able to get up and do get up. And because the world is, is an adventure, I mean, the life is an adventure. There's a lot of ups and downs, That's but right. we all have that inner strength, which can pull us out of adversities, obstacles, overcoming obstacles, taking on challenges. You'd be surprised how, how strong you are. The human spirit is much stronger than we think. So, do take the first step out. Think about 
what you want to do. Go try it. Mm. And I think that, you know, if you believe you can do it, you usually can. Mm. And, you know, if you, if you, uh, but you do have to know that success is not free. You have to work. Absolutely. You have, yes, you have to work. Everybody has to work. We're all the same. So you have to have desire. You have to want it in your heart, in your, in your mind. You want to, want to do this. And then you have to have determination. Mm. You have to persevere all the obstacles. Yes, it's a lot of suffering too. But at the end of that road, when you start seeing light, you will have euphoria at that moment because you start seeing light. You says, well, I'm walking towards that place. I think I'm, I can get there. Mm. I just need to never give up. You just need to never, never give up. You are going to come out the other end. That's right, Vera. Thank you. I mean, um, you came to America at the age of 12. I moved to America at the age of 17. And until today, I still remember my mom always tells me, it might sound as harsh or as critical, but it's always true is there's no free lunch. You know, you really have to put effort into something. Again, I, I like the saying what I learned from my professors or from my uh, mentors is if you want to go to the place you've never been before, you need to start doing things you have never done before. So I think this is really echoes what you just said. Now, Vera, you mentioned, again, also in my intro, you are a very competitive shooter. And right now, you are a mother, and of course, you're a wife. And it seems like a person today has so many labels, or the person has the opportunity to be, to be at so many places. Now... Just because the complication of the technology and also the complication of the society, I think the word identity has become much more sensitive than before. So in other words, it's rather difficult to find out who we are or who I am all the time. So I want to say, I want to ask you, over the years that you live and you experienced so many ups and downs, the glorious moments and the crying, the tears in the dark room, how, how could you stay as who you are? In other words, how do you know that your identity will never be changed, even though the environment or the conditions or being changed constantly. Well, um, the word identity did not exist in my vocabulary when I came to the uh, United States. Mm. And I was always so puzzled why people say that I am looking to find myself. And I was thinking, well, you are here. You are here. Why do you, why do you think you need to look for yourself and mm. find yourself? Mm. But now after spending 60 years in the United States living here, 
I, I understand the thinking. I think that we encompass, well, for me, I encompass everything that I have ever done in my whole life. I am first a mother to my children. I'm a wife to my husband. Mm. I'm a grandmother to my grandchildren. Mm. I'm a friend to my friends. And I always um, um, put out fruits and flowers in front of my in-laws on special occasions like the Chinese New Year, Christmas, or the, uh, the Western New Year, okay, in January. So I still maintain my Chinese tradition in me. I never left it. But then the identity, I think I can say that I am someone who has finally know what I am made of, who I am, and what I am. I'm never going to be something or try to be something that I'm not because it doesn't work. You know, when I was younger, I, I tried to be the person that everybody wants me to be. I try to please people. I, I'm thinking that if I'm that way for those people, they will like me. And I somewhere along, maybe in my 50s, I start not putting on what other people's opinion of me, I don't put any weight on it anymore. Mm. It is important what I am to myself first, what I am to my family, to my husband. I, I need to be that good person that takes care of my family and my husband. So... I think that, you know, I am someone who knows who I am, what I am, and, um, and I, have a, I, I have developed through the sport, actually. I've been in the competitive sport for 20-some years, and through the sport, I learned so much about life because I am in pathetic places sometimes, emotionally. Um, mentally, um, mm. ego-wise, um, I have faced a lot of failures, a lot of humiliations, and a lot of success. Today, I'm regarded as one of the, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm celebrated um, competitive shooter in the sport. Mm. So, but that is just a bonus for my life. I didn't expect that. I didn't plan that in my, in my life. I was an art major in college. So you can imagine how far that is. It's far-fetched. It's kind of ridiculous, uh, bizarre to say, you know. Um, but I, I, I have developed a strong belief that I can overcome any obstacles that comes my way. And I, I have a strong belief that I can always reach my goals. It might take years, um, maybe a lifetime to reach some of my goals. But I have the confidence as a person to do that. But I am going to be 75 by this Christmas. So, wow. you know, it takes, takes a long time. It takes a long time to find yourself, to, uh, to understand, to discover yourself. But it's a happy place. I'm very, very happy. Wow, Vera. Again, it's hard to believe that you just mentioned you are going to be 75 this Christmas. Yeah. And again, I don't want to remind people that who are l watching or just listening to this interview, 
you look a lot younger than just someone who's gonna be 75 around Christmas time. So, so, so apparently, so apparently, being in the sports can actually keep people much more energetic and younger, right? Because I work very hard. I have to exercise to keep up the strength. And I, I eat a lot. I mean, despite, I, I'm kind of small frame. I'm a little bit bigger now because for pandemic, for safety-wise, my husband says, you got to gain some weight. So I put on five pounds the minute the well. pandemic started. Uh, just in case I have to go to the hospital. Well, hey, so you know, I th I think that when you say you put on five pounds, a lot more people can really get into a competition. Said, hey, you know what? Uh, in terms of eating contest, I think I put on twenty five pounds and I still look good. So, uh, well, well, I I eat a lot. I mean, in my book, I mentioned about how many steaks I eat. I uh, to recover from my broken leg. Um, I ate forty four. 14 ounce steaks in three and a half months. Oh my lord! But that is <laughs> wow. Following the 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 Chinese uh, medicine uh, philosophy about you know you gotta sleep, you you have to eat, and then you have to um, yeah sleep and eating is really a major part. Then is the medicine. So I did everything. It's a physical therapist. Um, if I didn't have my championship waiting for me, I would not recover so fast from my injuries. Well, that's for sure. Well, Vera, you just said um, follow the doctor's principle that you're gonna eat, you're gonna sleep, and then you take the medicine. Well, maybe that's the um, the polite way to say in America, but in the Chinese culture, we just call it the mother's rule. You know, yes. so basically you sleep and you eat and you take the medicine. But let's talk about your book. Vera, as you okay. as you just mentioned, you just came out with a second book. Now, you yes. now ex excuse me if I'm being so honest is you mentioned your life is not over yet. And right now you're you, you you just published the second book that wisdom and things. Why bother to write the book right now? Why can't you wait until say uh, a five years later or ten years later? Because you are, to me, you still have so much more energy than you appears. I know you're holding all the energy down right now, but why 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 bother to publish the second book? This is my second book, the cover. There it's you go. Out, yeah, it's going to be out to the public okay. in a month from now uh, in the United States. Okay. And um, um, why do I publish the second book? I When I wrote the first book, it was on my counselor's advice. She told me that I have a profound recovery from my personal injury, my trauma. So those days were very, very dark. And she told me that you have a lot of life lessons you can share with people. So my mission with writing the book is I'm offering, I'm offering an example how you can heal from trauma that puts you to death. You know, I died during that period. Mm. I crawl myself. I, I inch my way back to life. I'm better, I'm happier, and I have discovered a, a world um, that I've never known before. So 
anyway, um, so the first book was on the advice of my counselor. The second book, it happened when I was in China. Um, my second, my first book, the translated version of my first book was published. And I thought to myself, hey, this is an opportunity. I can put out a second book if I do it fast because the window was open for me. And I see that. Um, I'm, I'm big on um, windows of, of opportunities because I, I always grab them, even though I'm not ready. Okay, right. I don't, I'm not ready, but, but I will grab it. Right. And I will learn as I, as I ride away. And then, um, yeah, I, I can honestly to say that for the last 21 years when I was in a shooting sport, I basically fly by the seat of my pants. Mm. So it, it is, um, it is, I hang in there and finish. So the second book is because I have contributed 50 some articles to our online magazines since 2014. And I thought those, that, that is a whole bunch of uh, ready material. And I have a lot of uh, color photos. So this book, this book will have 140 some uh, full color pictures mm. in there. And then it has 40 articles, essays. And I, I just thought, I'm always having this habit. I, I always say, well, let's see how far I can push with this one. Mm. It, it, I have nothing to lose but try, right? Right, of course. <laughs> and I'm not afraid of failures because I failed so many times in my life on things, big and small. And um, it, it's important that you have to get yourself up. You have to stand up. That's you have fine. to, you know, stand up. No matter what, you have to stand up. And you have to go forward. Of course, then it comes to uh, the fact that you can never give up. Right. All right? Right. That's what it is. Well, Vera, I want to ask you, because the second book you titled Wisdom and Things, and I'm sure that when you have this idea that you're ready to publish the second book, and the books, as you mentioned, the main content came from the essays and the wisdoms that over the years that you share with audience or uh, the journeys that you walk on. Here's something interesting. When you have the idea or when you uh, 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 ready get ready to publish the book, did you share this with your children, with your husband? You're like, hey, listen, guys, I'm going to publish this book. It's all the wisdoms, uh, all the stories from my failures and success. I want to know what what was the reaction from your husband and your children to say, oh, mom, you're going to tell people about all the things that you told us every day or all the things that you're going to you're going to uh, you've been teaching us. You've been imparting uh, uh, into us for years. So what was their reaction when you share with them to say, hey, listen, it's called wisdom. It's not nagging. Wisdom and Things was just a title that popped into my head a few years ago. Actually, I started, you, you know, nothing is easy for me to do. My first book took me 10 years to, you know, to work on, to uh, change, to develop, and, and then push through the publisher. And it's, it's only 10 years from the time I started the book till I actually finished the book. 
that's intermittently I I have uh, went away from that but for the second book it was an idea because I need to do it fast before the opportunity evaporates and you know opportunities when they appear they can go away just like that and they never return and then, and because I want to grab it so I work fast but the um, I, I work with a ghostwriter so the material is mine the story mm. is mine but I work with a professional writer and he will organize and make it uh, logical and in sequential order so he helped me to organize it into a book format. That was almost three years. Mm. Okay, from the time I asked him to do it until the time he finished and gave me the final uh, manuscript is almost three years. Then I spent one and a half years working with a designer to organize and create this look for the book. So it is not like I just did it overnight. No. But the pandemic has really helped me to give me the time that I need to sit down, actually sitting down. You know, believe it or not, I have no television at home for 18 years. Wow. And the pandemic happened, and uh, my husband streamed some of the Chinese operas on the screen, and we watched that. And I learned to uh, improve my Mandarin speaking. But the pandemic make it, Make me kind of uh, gave me something to do, something to focus on. I'm a workaholic, so mm. I, I always need projects. So this this is something that I've been working on, and for the entire lockdown period, almost a year. Mm. Um, and and it was not leisurely. I mean, we intensely working on it, three of us working on it. And um, my designers told me something. She said it was kind of funny. She says, "You know, Vera." This is almost like giving birth. And I said, well, <laughs> it is, it's very painful, but it has a happy ending. So we're all relieved. It's actually went to the printer, I believe, by next week. It, it will be going to the printer by next week. Right. And I will see it proof first. Um, and then before we okay uh, the production. Right. Well, Vera... You, I'm very glad you touched on the topic on the pandemic. I believe since 2020, the entire world faced this unprecedented change because of the pandemic. Not only happening to the country like U.S., but also across the world and across the globe. Needless to say, the COVID-19 absolutely changed so many of us and the next question and which is the last question there i want to ask you is why is it so hard today for people to become so flexible when it comes to adopting themselves into changes and we know that through all the principles or journeys in life the word change is rather a sensitive but a difficult word for everyone to accept. So from your perspective, why is it so hard for people to adapt themselves into the new environment? And also, why do people like us, why do we complain first? 
before even willing to be uh, 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 ready or be willing to make the first step? Well, no one likes changes. No one. This change causes a lot of discomfort. It causes a lot of fear of the uncertainties in the future. But I believe that the world, the society, the world, the present world is changing so fast. Maybe it's because the, uh, it's a digital age. I see how fast the grocery shopping has been revolutionized in the system that I see now. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable progress. But because there is so much progress in our environment, and there's so many more people in this world, competition becomes very, very keen and very sharp. And everybody is fighting for, to survive, to get their piece of pie so that they can be, they, they're going to have food on the table. They will have hopefully a house and a car in their lifetime. But it's becoming increasingly hard. And the pandemic, I do believe that it accelerates the, the changes, the revolutionizing uh, ways of our society and structure. I think that, what is it, the example about a tree doesn't bend in the wind will get broken. Mm. Right? Is that correct? That's right. So, so I I do believe that even though we don't like changes, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to try to change and to modernize to go with the society. Because if you don't go forward, because you know, for my generation, a lot of my friends are not on computers. I'm forced to be on computers and learn to use the computers. It's because of my books, all right. And then uh, my son helped me. She says, "Why, well, mom? You you have to go to take this class. It's the uh, digital uh, graphic design class." And I went to my school. First day, I have to tell my teacher, "I I, I cannot use the computer very efficiently. Uh, do I need to know?" Well, I think my teacher didn't know what to say to me. So I spent maybe. Uh, the first three months, I, I was in class for three months, but I'm on the computer for eight hours a day. And I end up in an emergency because I couldn't move my neck. And I have sharp pains in my, in my body. So anyway, that's all from working on the computer and not moving. I didn't know how. But I do believe that in my head, I knew that in my old age, well, I'm old now, but even older, well, let's say I cannot move anymore and I cannot go out and get grocery. I have to order it online. Now, if I'm not, if I'm so afraid of the computer, I would not make myself go and do it. So am I going to be starving to death? Well, of course, you know, I, I'm going to have family who helps me. But what I'm trying to say is, if you are not progressing forward, you're going to be left behind. So we all need to change. Whatever, however we're going to change, it will come. It will come sometimes by surprise. And all of a sudden you find yourself in a different job. You never even thought about going there in the first place. But now you're in it. 
but you found yourself, you actually can do it. And you're learning. You're learning a new skill. And after a while, you know, um, five and ten to me is magical numbers. I believe that it takes five years to get your foot in the door mm. in anything that you want to become good at. It takes ten years to become good. If you want to be excellent, you are expected to spend 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Ask any older person, ask them if they are good at something, how many years they have spent on that one particular craft or skill or knowledge or profession. They'll tell you, always over 10 years, always over 40 years, absolutely. always over 50 years, right? Yep, so, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. so young people, um, don't be in so, such a hurry and looking for results right away. It doesn't come, it comes with time, but it will come. So you have to be patient. Well, Vera, you know, as you mentioned, and also as you share, I hope and I pray that a lot more younger generations and people today, especially under this pandemic, or maybe who are still in the darkness or who are in the process of searching, will be inspired and encouraged by what you just said. Because just like what we discussed at the beginning, there is no free lunch. And the second thing is, don't ever give up. And I believe the three words, never give up, it sounds cliche, but a lot more people who actually use the three words, not only to encourage themselves, but also the people around them, just like Winston Churchill. And last but not least, people like you who came to America at the age of 12 and started with nothing, but today you are a very successful businesswoman and also you are an author. And of course, we are so much looking forward to your new book, Wisdom and Things. Vera, thank you so much for being on my show. And on behalf of myself and my staff, we wish the best luck to you and to your family. Again, right now is the Chinese New Year, so we hope that more blessing and prosperity and also, of course, the confidence and success continue going to flow into your life. Thank you, Vera. Thank you for having me, Monfei. I have a wonderful time here. Thank you.